There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Yes. Listen, you're going to fart on Mike, make it a doozy. <laughs> Welcome to this week's episode of 20 Minute Tims. If you want more podcasts, videos right from us, including our new squad assessment video that's going to be dropping, patreon.com slash 20 Minute Tims. You can go on there, you can support the podcast, you can get extra content. But this week I'm joined by Stephen. For the last time. Uh, <laughs> yes, I was almost, I thought you were going to drop a resignation on us. It's, it's in the offing, it's uh, in the offing if this keeps up. And Melly. Yes. I, and we're going to be discussing, quite simply, the state of Celtic. I oh. mean, it's... The nick of Celtic. The nick of, it's been chip, chip, chipping away as the last couple of weeks, Stephen. The, yeah. the performances have been getting progressively worse. Um, drop points last week, released our video. This one's on you, Brendan, because so far, Brendan's had it. The players have had it. The recruitment's had it. And Brendan himself has sort of came out and said he wasn't surprised at the loss. Extraordinary thing uh, to say, uh, isn't it? Extraordinary thing to say. So you're kind of left thinking, well, who is to blame? Whose fault is all this? If you were going to say, not just the Hearts game, because we discussed the Hearts game on the At The Match podcast. You guys were there and that podcast available to anyone that wants to hear it on Patreon.com. So you discussed the ins and outs of the game. That's what you do in that day match. But if you're going to take Celtic as a whole, where we are just now, the league we've pissed away, the style of football we're playing, the, the players that we're playing, the signings that we're not playing, how do you rank the blame, really? Who sits top of the tree, second and third? So, Slam Duncan in at number one, is that what you want to know? Yeah. Who, who's absolutely no, to blame for this? Build up. Do it backwards, right. So, who have we got? Then we've got the board, the players, yes. the manager, and well, I, see, us podcasters. Yes, <laughs> I think, see, to be honest, uh, the, the, see the, the board, that phrase, the yeah. board, it's almost become pretty meaningless to me yeah. because I think the problem is it's just a catch-all now for vague white dudes in suits I don't really know who's a board member and who's not so if I was going to attribute blame anywhere I think for the purpose of this I'd want to the three categories would be recruitment players and manager I think because the recruitment to me not just the board but specifically the recruitment for me is is a key element of the board that I think needs to be discussed. Yeah, I think recruitment is kind of lumped in there with the board now, isn't yeah, it? I yeah. think the, the way it's discussed anyway, um, in broad terms, I think it, it basically anyone who's not the players or Brendan Rodgers is effectively just branded Yes, that's the board, why I want it? to yeah. focus in on that. that. Yeah. Uh, how to even choose who the most to blame is, because it's a very easy thing. It's a, a bit of a cop-out. It's a bit of a fence set to say that everyone is equally to blame. That's yeah. probably not true, but... I am asking serious questions of absolutely everyone involved and that's a very dangerous position to be in as a club because we've seen it before. We've seen what happens when everyone is spiralling at the same time and nothing is changing. We, we do this podcast every week and we do it 
probably mostly in the knowledge that we're not going to be doing this again next week. Mm, that's yes. generally how it goes. We're Celtic fans, right? And I know that that's somewhat arrogant, but having done this for eight years now, you get into a rhythm of, right, we've had a bad result. It's not going to be like that again. But now it's it's getting worse and worse and worse. We talked about Kilmarnock last week and then there was the, the Champions League in midweek, which we could have been coming on here to talk about the glowing positives of that, yeah. how we can take so much confidence from that. But it's out of the water. I don't care about it now because we haven't taken anything from it. We took this, we thought the Feyenoord game was going to be this springboard onto bigger and mm. better things, but it's done because we went out and lost at home to Hearts. So it's, it seems to be getting worse. And I don't know who is primarily to blame, but there are a lot of people to blame currently. We might get to the bottom of it. We might come to some sort of consensus on this as mm. to who is most to blame. But it, there are a lot of people. There are very few, very few, few people who are coming out with pass marks. To be honest, Melly, Stephen avoided the question. <laughs> yes, Politician, yes. well, we've, we've got time. We've got yeah. time. I, I don't have to sum up all my aims in the in the first. No, he doesn't. Yeah. So, Melly, do you agree with the sort of three the three targets on the board there that I've put up? Yeah, the holy trinity or the unholy trinity, whatever mm. you want to put it. I'd I'd put recruitment way out way out in front because that that's basically what a football team's all about isn't mm. it it's about bringing in players and from where we were like I was thinking about this earlier the going after the game the Scottish Cup final that seems like a lifetime ago yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was it was basically six months ago that Celtic were winning uh, the cup winning the treble and when you get to that point and there's a manager leaving change change happens that's inevitable so what you need to do is help with that change and Celtic haven't helped themselves in the slightest and I think the recruitment is, is I don't like using this word because it's bandied about too much and it starts to lose meaning but it is completely unacceptable that Celtic are signing players that so far this season again just Lewis Palmer not other no other one player has made a significant impact in eight players so recruitment's way out in front for me there more and more I am watching players on the pitch and saying I can't see you giving 100% and another big word that's unforgivable for me and I think Brendan Rodgers as well just behind the players I think him coming back look Brendan Rodgers is a good manager well I think he's a good manager before this he was in the Premier League he'd one bad season recently but you think him coming in right this this will be better right Ange leaving maybe maybe the board, as we say, will start feeding poor, poor recruitment again. Just went and done that anyway. And like if Brendan Rodgers as well has to take blame as well, because if he's going in and saying, right, the recruitment's brilliant here now, everything's better than it used to be. I don't sign the players, but but I get, I get a sign off on them. Don't sign them then. If you're not going to play these guys, just don't sign them. So I kind of think everybody's got a share to blame here. But I would put the recruitment way out in front because I'm watching substandard players. In fact, I'm not watching substandard players. I'm watching players who didn't feature before coming in and playing rather than the new guys who aren't good enough. They're not even featuring. So uh, let's discuss the recruitment. Yeah, because we all agree yeah. that's a key part of it. The recruitment, as far as it's got Celtic into the position we're in just now, is a, a catastrophe. Yeah, It's yeah. an absolute catastrophe. Now, we can have a little chat about... Did we send, sign bad players? Did we identify bad players? Has Brendan Rodgers just decided he doesn't like these guys? They're not playing for Brendan Rodgers. Whatever the, the reason is, we signed about nine or eight guys in the summer and one of them plays regularly. The rest are just 
completely bombed out. That's no, nothing, isn't it? It's, it's, it's Palma com- and nothing. Yeah. Right, it's complete nothingness. And but when you look at the manager, his his, his selections are bizarre to me. Lagabielka, who's up for sale in January, so we're quite prepared to <sighs> right. cut our losses yeah. on him. Right? Don't know if he's brought in as a project. His profile certainly suggests he wasn't, given how no. deep into his career he was, given the age he was, given the money we paid for him, given the the awards he won. And he's uh, in Sweden. It suggests that he wasn't brought in to sit in Celtic B for three years and get turned no, into a player. Never. He's a player for today. Scores the winner against Atletico Madrid. Doesn't even fire order. It's fire order. Sorry, never seen again. We'll never seen. In, never seen in the Hearts game. But what we do see is Quan. Yeah, who's, yeah. who's I think that's his first is that his first appearance on the bench for Celtic in a competitive uh, game yeah I think he's been on a previous one I think he may have been on the bench against Kilmarnock uh, in the, the previous the cup game aye well, there the you go. So he's, yeah. it's his fault just a jinx aye but so the, so the Brendan selection has been completely mystifying as far as these new signings go but they've been absolutely catastrophic the window has been an unmitigated disaster yeah. and We've had, and this isn't a game of boogeyman. This isn't like, oh, his name's Lol, he has to go, right? Lee Congerton, Nicky Hammond, two guys who <laughs> yeah. came into Celtic, had terrible transfer windows and they just left. Now, if you've got a problem with sacking your head of recruitment who's had a couple of terrible transfer windows and he's got one more to save his job, if you've got a problem sacking that guy, well, hey, this is why you do not sign the chairman's son. Yeah, well, yeah, I was going to say, you can't sack him just now. They've got Christmas dinner coming <laughs> up. It's going to be dead awkward, that, isn't it? So I'll look. Right, okay, so we're in the, the recruitment segment yes. of this breakdown. Where we're going, I don't know. An unscripted, mm. plus potentially rant here. But if we're in the recruitment section, let's talk about that. So what do you make of the recruitment? And how do you think it's contributed to getting us into this position right uh, now? Well, it, it was it was nothing. Because like, how you can't just say that last, team's, last season's team was a treble winning team. Therefore, it should be at the same level. Because we've lost players. So it's not just the case that we only brought in Palmer. We've been decimated by talent leaving the team not being replaced well it has been replaced but it's been replaced by bad players mm. uh, I know I'm I'm fed up have been for years now but fed up with the term project because I think it does apply in some cases but when we're looking at the squad and we're talking about guys like Lagerbielka and Navrotsky and all that as projects that's simply not the case these guys were no. established first team players in their early 20s Lagerbielka's coming up for 24 mm. there's no way that we can realistically brand that guy a a long-term project. It's not, he's a bad player. He's a bad signing. That's all he is. It's mm-hmm. not a long-term project because if we're talking about getting rid of that guy in January, it's just a bad signing. Yep. There's no other label to give it. Not only did he score the winner against Feyenoord, the biggest moment he's had, of course. Headlines are all Lagerbjörk the picture of him celebrating, sliding his knees and all that. Not only is he bombed out of the squad in the very next game, Celtic clearly deliberately leak a story to the papers saying that we're going to sell him in January. Mm-hmm. Who knows what's what is going on with this, right? So Lagerbjörk is an utterly mystifying case. The rest, Navrotsky, I, I, I just don't know. Again, never a project in a million never. years. You're not paying four point five million or whatever it is for a centre half who is established first team player in a comparable league to Scotland. I'm not really all that interested as to whether it's better or worse in Scotland. Mm. It's comparable. It's where we sign players from all the time. We sign, sign players from Sweden, from Norway, from Poland. Throughout the generations, throughout the managers, they all sign players from these. Ivanovic, yeah, most recently. yeah, all sign players from these leagues. So it's nothing new. It's not like we've dipped into a new market. Like that that phrase we've become so fond mm. of over the last couple of years, where Ange was signing players from Canada, South Korea, Japan. It's not a new thing. We've signed guys who were playing for first again, first team players for other clubs, brought them in and have changed their minds on them 
almost immediately. After yeah. three games, Navrotsky played three games, Lagerbjelka maybe slightly more than that, but it was out of necessity and he's never been seen again since until that, that sub-appearance against Feyenoord. So it is, it is extraordinarily bad, the recruitment, because we I, I can remember saying at the time, when the transfer window closed, I said, right, we'll see how it goes, but it's weird. Yes. The recruitment has been it weird. Has been. I, I remember saying that, check the record, bud, mm. as I found of saying, I found of saying, because I said, what we've done is we've, we've spent three months signing three centre-halves, three central midfielders and three wingers. That's quite a strange yeah. spread of players designed for nine when we only we lost one of those and just replaced them with three more. Bit odd, but we'll see how it goes. And we have seen how it went. It has been catastrophic. The recruitment has been absolutely terrible. Even the ones that you'd think were almost impossible to get wrong, like Nat Phillips. Why, why was that so bad? Just so because he's a bad do, player. Do you think there is a question then over, you know, is there a a question here that maybe the recruitment hasn't been as bad? Maybe Brendan Rodgers is just flapping. Maybe well, he's just flapping. Yeah. I mean, because, we'll come to Brendan Rodgers, yeah. I, because the, the, the problem that you've got with the recruitment is, yes, the guys that have, they've brought in haven't been good enough. The end result of that is that we're having to rely, rely on people who we just know aren't good enough. So it's, yeah. like, it's like a double dunter. It's well, like they've taken their good players, sold them, Bought more crap and left us with worse crap. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, Lagerbjelka as another example, right? I don't know if he's good or bad, but I can only assume that given how his Celtic career has gone to date, that he's just a bad player, right? But if the word on the... There's a wee bit ch- sort of chat online that Brendan Rodgers has basically just made his mind up about Lagerbjelka and that he can't run. He's not mobile enough. Mm. He's, he's too slow. If that's the case, wow. Yeah. What a piece of recruitment that is because the recruitment team have looked at a player how the scouting is formed without noticing that he's slow and how Brendan Rodgers has signed off on it because that's what he claims he does. We need to take him at his word at that. He signs off on these players. How no one has noticed until he's actually at the club, in the door, playing football games, that he's slow is uh, is gross negligence, to be honest. And somebody, heads should roll for that kind that's of thing. I mean. To spend that kind of money, to spend that percentage of the transfer budget on a guy that fundamentally doesn't fit the bill for what you're looking for. If you look at a guy and say he's too slow, it's not something you're going to be able to coach into a 24-year-old. It's no. impossible. So that is that is an incredibly bad piece of... Regardless of how good a player he is, right, I, I don't know. I don't know if he's any worse than Dewey or Raphael Scheidt or mm. Shane Duffy or any of these guys. It doesn't matter. The fact is that he has been identified as a youngish player to be brought in and bedded into the team and nobody noticed that he was a slow footballer. That is terrible. The, the, the thing is that Brendan Rodgers, as Stephen said, Melly, he's quite right. He did say Brendan Rodgers had a sign-off on all these players. The problem is you don't really know, when information's so scant, you don't really know where to turn with it because I can envisage a situation where Brendan Rodgers, and I remember saying exactly this almost on a, on one of the first podcasts of the season, Brendan Rodgers goes to the board and goes, right, here's what I want to play. I want to play 4-3-3, I want two wide attackers who can come in on the right foot I want a full back that can go on I need a midfielder that can take the ball in a half turn and move these are the profile of players I'm looking for this is the four I want yes sir Mr Rogers we'll go away and get them oh Brendan see where we're at it we do this player trading thing we've got this guy Swedish player Swedish defender of the year Larga Bielka three million quid take a look and see what you think Brendan Rogers might very well look at that guy and go I could probably I could probably work with him don't expect them to play every week, but I can certainly work with them, bring them in. Okay, cool, Bob done, and he appears, and then Brendan Rodgers train him. He's going, well, I don't really fancy this guy very much, but if push comes to shove, I'll play him. I'm just glad they're working on my actual targets, and the actual ones just never arrive. And I think that is probably a decent picture of what happened in the summer. How do you think the recruitment has contributed to getting us to this stage? 
Uh, it's massive. It's I think it's mainly everything because when we everything boils down to it, if Celtic players play their best, they should win these games. Yeah. They're, they're not doing that. The Celtic came last season, treble, right, brilliant. So you lose Starfelt, Moy and Jota. Three guys that pretty much played featured in every game. Mm. So Starfelt, oh, maybe we could improve on him. Moy gets somebody a bit younger. But just go out and get similar to these guys. Maybe think, right, can we push the boat out and get a wee bit more? 20 million, as you tell me, there's not three, four, three, six million pound players that you just go out and replace these guys and get better. I think it can be done because we've seen it with Carter Vickers, we've seen it with Jota. You get what you pay for these days and see trying to go out and pay two million for guys in this day and age is you're not going to get better. We were paying two million for guys 10 years ago and they weren't good enough. Ago. And they weren't good enough and yet we're still doing it. Celtic have got this thing where you need to be under this age, under this price tag and look, under this wage budget. We we are spending less wages on players, and I think it. It's I hate giving them credit, but Rangers, for all their faults, have got through in Europe. They've won a cup already this season. They've got a bit of momentum. They've got rid of a problem like you were talking about Saturday. But when I look at their first team, and they, not all these players are good, right? I mentioned this on the at the match. Not all these players are good or have worked out. But what Michael Beale said in the summer is, I want these players. Rangers went and got them. And when I look at their first team, Butland and Goal on a fortune, right? Celtic, 36-year-old Joe Hart. You've got Goldson, uh, centre-back, on a fortune. Tavernier, on a fortune. Lundstrom, Lawrence, Cantwell, Dessers, Danilo. Who else? Uh, Lund uh, Lundstrom. Seema. Seema. All these guys playing in their first team, some of them not very good, all on a fortune. Celtic have spread masses of wages across 35 players and we've got about five good players. Their big earners are playing football for them. Now, Lammers hasn't turned out well, but the manager wanted them. That was his main target mm. and they made it happen. Celtic aren't making these things Some, happen. Sometimes I think our recruitment team are trying to be too clever by half. Do you know what I mean? They, Celtic are obviously they're addicted to continuity and they seem to have like this closed-minded approach to football where we've been doing everything right. We, we're one of the best run clubs in Europe, apparently they said at the AGM I heard from another podcast that was there. Really? Which is laughable, <laughs> honestly laughable. But they, they try to be too clever by half, I think. They try to say, well, do you know what? See where other teams are doing this. We, we've got a contact in, in Sweden that can give us this. But, and, but it's... What, are, what I just don't see is any sort of recognition of the fact that it's just no worked. It's yeah. just so, it's simply not worked. Well, I'll I'll show you why that hasn't mm. worked. So you said there about how Lagerbjelka might just be a supplementary player to the real targets, yeah. and, and I find that entirely plausible. I think that's that that's very believable as to what that is what's happening behind the scenes. But that is a problem in itself because we have accumulated far too many players, and Brendan Rodgers has acknowledged this. He's mm. acknowledged this publicly. He said we've got too many players and we need a lot to go. So why would why would anyone think that that's a good idea? Why would even Brendan Rodgers agree to that? All of a sudden, we've got nine players coming in. He doesn't want any of them. Meanwhile, he thinks that other targets are coming. A further four players of genuine mm. quality are coming in. And all of a sudden, you turn around and you've got 35 players and you don't want half of them. It's what? Are the, where's the disconnect? Where's the communication going on here? It's, it's completely broken. How can, I, we, look, how can we have a manager who wants to work with a tight squad of 24, 23, 24 players and we'll get 35 and we bring in nine players? He's not really sure on any of them, but he kind of agrees to un, 
on the off chance that other players are coming in behind oh. him all of a sudden that means we've signed 15 players yeah none of and it this works is, this is what I'm getting at like the, this is why I think the recruitment stands alone because even if that's not what happened even if every single player was profiled brought to Brendan Rodgers he watched the video that he's presented he goes yes go sign him the very fact that he's not playing them now means it was a bad signing yeah, yeah. it doesn't matter what happened before and it, this isn't a the 70s, Brendan Rodgers isn't flying to Sweden and watching a guy no, for three no. games and speaking to his old managers and all that. The, the work's getting done by the yeah. recruitment team and they're bringing these players to the manager. I coach the players that are given to me. That's what Brendan Rodgers says. So whether you think Brendan Rodgers doesn't trust these guys, whether he's lost the drip, whatever like you said, whatever the situation might be, Melly, that guy's at the club now, the manager's not playing him, you failed. Yeah. yeah. Full yeah. stop. And look, you see it because... Every signing like that, I still don't know if half of them are good or not because we simply haven't seen them. But that tells you its own story. They're not good enough. Yeah. Like Tilio, he's not good enough. I don't need to. We've seen five minutes. I looked all right. Doesn't matter. The mm. manager is choosing not to play him. The manager is choosing to pick other guys who are not playing well ahead of him every single week. So he's not good enough. And when Brendan Rodgers came in, he asked for specific things. He said quality, he mentioned power, and he said and he needed four players. He got nine. None of them, none of them, I would say, have any power whatsoever. Mm. And none of them are power quality. Uh, <laughs> even, even Palmer, so many flaws in his game, yeah. so yeah, many yeah. flaws, but he's getting goals and he's contributing, so he's getting a pass. But if Palmer was brought in Last summer, if it was, say we hadn't signed Haksabanovic, who I'm pining for now, mm. if we hadn't signed <sighs> Haksabanovic and signed Palmer, I don't think he'd have featured that much for no. Celtic. I think he'd have been one of those guys, oh, this hasn't worked out. But Palmer's come in and looked decent because the rest of them have looked terrible. And you're looking around the squad and going, you're dishing out massive contracts to these guys. Where are we going to go with this? Where are we going to go? Because we're now looking at 35 players we're looking at three or four we need in this next window and we need to ship out about 10. That would still Do leave us... any confidence either of you... So what Melly said, I think we can agree, three or four players, that's what everyone's talking about. We need to ship out, yada, yada. Do you have any confidence in the, the recruitment team pulling no, this off? Absolutely none because if we had... Celtic were flying last season and we probably knew maybe from the turn of the year, March time, certain players would want to leave. Certain players would want to leave and even if you didn't, you need to be prepared for this. You're Celtic. Mm. You have a player trading, I nearly done Neil Lennon quotations there. <laughs> we have a player trading model where we are saying, right, we bring in players and we sell them on. There's no way you can't think Jota, eh, Kyogo, O'Reilly, Carter Vickers, Hitati, all of them are going to be there next season. There's no way you can think that. So you have to prepare for this. Prepare for this. Celtic didn't do that. They didn't mm. do that. They bring in these players and even still, the window slams shut, nine players in and you're looking at it going, We've only got one left back that the manager trusts. We've got a 36-year-old mm. goalkeeper who's out of contract in the summer. We haven't even addressed everything we need to address here. The manager's asked for four players. You've given them nine and you haven't addressed positions. So a catastrophic failure in recruitment yeah. of the summer has definitely, definitely contributed to the conditions. Oh, January, be before we move on from yeah, that. Yeah, I'm about to move on to January. That was the next thing. So January, um, I thought we were closing off the recruitment segment yes. there and, and opening up another one. But the January, whether I'm confident on the recruitment team being able to get the job done, Yes and no. I think I could see them bringing in three or four players in January because quite frankly, if they don't, they're absolutely at it and they're out the door. If they don't do this right, it has become such a impending crisis that if they don't do that, then 
how did they even get these jobs Look, in the first place? It's not a bold place? prediction because you know no. we're, we're, we do those at special time of the year, but I, it's it's a semi bold prediction. Yeah, yeah. They're not going to do it in January, and our head of recruitment will, will be out the door in the summer. Uh, well, good. That's, that's, that's my prediction. That, that's fine. Well, I hope that doesn't happen. For our own sake, I hope that doesn't happen. I hope that we get three, four successful signings in in January, and we can actually turn this around. But it's not looking like it just now. The other side of it is getting rid of these players and there's no chance. There's no, no chance we're getting rid of these players because Celtic have always, in my lifetime, they've always been terrible at that. Still people, got guys. Yeah, yeah. So about. people talk about the, the player trader model. Yeah, we sold Van Dyke and Tierney and Dembele years ago yeah. now. Wanyama, 10 years ago or whatever it was now. Aye, yeah, aye. So, so we are capable of selling big players, but the, the rest of them are there forever, basically. They're there until the end of their contracts because... We, because of the nature of Celtic and bringing these players to Celtic Scotland. Money, it? Celtic yeah. wages. So they're all on Celtic wages and crucially, more importantly than that, they're on five-year contracts, which mm. is absolutely preposterous at this point. Yuki Kobayashi, five years. Kwon, five years. Yang, five years. Jesus. James McCarthy, we've laughed at so many times, but he's got another season after this one. James Forrest is still going. Mikey Johnson still has a contract to 2025. The contracts that we hand out are ridiculous. Mental. We celebrate them at the time, good bit of business, and then it turns out they're gone and we're stuck mm. with them forever so what will happen is we will not sell we'll sell the odd player we'll sell the odd player for a meagre fee in January but the rest of them will go out on loan we'll put out about six loans or something ridiculous like that it's amazing to me what I find quite interesting is we bought Largy Bielka for three and a half million in the summer after four months we're prepared to cut our losses in the guy Mikey Forrest and James Forrest Mikey Johnston <laughs> same thing same well same guy. Mikey, Mikey Forrest <laughs> Uh, James Still Johnson. Jimmy Johnson. Yeah, <laughs> no. still still sitting about yeah. for for absolutely ages, and we just we, we we must hold on to Mikey Johnson at all costs and give that guy a new contract. When oh, the, yeah. the writing was on the wall with his Celtic career three years ago. Just before we move on to everybody else, you're, you're looking at the situation at the weekend and looking at that team that started and going right. Okay, couple of injuries, but what Maeda came back and then what Hatati and Abada is Abada going to make the real difference? Well, we're getting yeah. on the players. We're getting yeah. on to the players. But, uh, what I was going to say is looking at that team and you're going what has happened to this team That that's not the Celtic team because we got to the end of last season and thought right Joe Hart needs replaced so does Greg Taylor so there's two positions definitely in fact I would have probably before we sold them they put them as the two key positions yeah, yeah. Uh, we needed to sort out but going on further from that right so we didn't get a goalkeeper didn't get a left back we have got Liam Scales who didn't play a single minute under Ange there starting every week yeah. we have got David Turnbull who barely played any minutes from the turn of the year because Celtic had better players pretty much contrib well on the pitch every week you had James Forrest who played 23 games in all last season 23 appearances mostly subs he's made 18 appearances so far this season we're in December mm. and Mikey Johnson who didn't play a single minute last season loaned out these guys weren't loaned out to develop they were loaned out because they were surplus to requirements yeah, yeah, they're starting yeah. for us now how has this happened and this goes back to recruitment because everyone you've signed is worse than these guys yeah and it's, that, and it's really that simple when, you, when you're incapable of doing your job and final thing on recruitment because I really want to try and keep the structure here for me, I take Brendan Rodgers at his word when he says I needed four players in the summer before I lost anyone and I still feel that's where we are. And that that is a, just, I can't even make it any clearer. It's a catastrophic failure of, of, of oh, recruitment yeah. here and, and that is that is how the contribution of the recruitment team has got us to this position by not providing the manager with players good enough to start games against the head of the duds that, that Martin Melly just rhymed off yeah. there. And speaking of duds, um, let's just talk about the players. 
One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. There's nothing difficult, I don't think, Stephen, what Brendan Rodgers is asking these players to do. I no. I don't think he's asking, you know, Greg Taylor beat six guys and get to the touchline and loft balls in. He's not asking David Turnbull to run, you know, doggies up and down the pitch all the time. He's not asking Mikey Johnson to be Ron Aldinho. But they are, they are simply incapable of doing what the manager's asking for. Yeah. And, and also, more worrying for me, they do not look like they're giving their all. There's players yeah. out there who don't look like they know what it takes to be a Celtic player. Yeah, and on the, the manager's instructions, we'll talk about that later mm. as well, because I think that whether the things that the players have been asked to do is effective in getting football games won, don't know. That's mm. a different that's a different subject. On the players' execution of it, well, well off the standard required because it's manager's instructions, tactics, the the approach, the style of play and all that, none of that figures into a, a discussion as to whether you can control the ball, functionally yeah. pass the ball, press. You know, Use the ball it, well yeah, when you've got it. Your not feet. let it bobble off you, not stand mm. on the ball, not trip over it and dribble out of the pitch, not constantly. I mean, the, the, the corners against Hearts, the corners against Hearts, right? We get about 18 corners, I think it was, right? And that, that was, I turned around to you, Melanie, and that was my go-to hilarious exaggeration example. We've heard about 18 corners, we did. That, that was my that was my exaggeration. But the reason we were getting so many corners was because everyone was advancing and smashing it off somebody's shins and going out for a corner. Everybody celebrates it at the time, but I remember sitting there thinking, this is, this is woeful. This is our idea, is it? Get forward, smash it off shins, get a corner, take it short, and then it ends up back with Joe Hart. So all of that is absolute garbage, right? None, we, look, we look like a bad football team just now, a bad, technically inefficient football team. And that's nothing to do with 
manager's instructions. That's just basics. Basics. Watch the highlights before we turn the mics on here and the David Turnbull goes to close a guy down and the guy just skips past him. Yeah. It's embarrassing. Playing stupid wee clipped balls over the top and there's a few players doing that. I've seen far too much of that this season where we get to the edge of the box and just play a wee lofted ball into the, the manager's keeper definitely just no asking. This no. is what I mean. Like there's, there's, se- there's separation here. There's separation between players and manager. Like you said, the manager is no asking David Turnbull to play these dumb flighty clipped balls yeah, over right. the top now David Turbo might turn and say well look I'm kind of left with no option because they're packed at defence guaranteeing the manager's no asking you to do this Mikey Johnson oh, right. it's getting to the point now where it's quite difficult to talk about Mikey Johnson because difficult it, to watch difficult to yeah. watch but here's his contribution right minutes played so he played a full half against Hearts zero goals as we know zero assists 17 accurate passes zero chances created zero tackles won zero ground duels won zero aerial duels won uh, 34 touches, one touch in the opposition box, zero successful dribbles, zero accurate crosses and dispossessed. I mean, that is an afternoon's work for me. I would, <laughs> yeah, I would yeah. achieve that out there. Yeah, I'm no, not even exaggerating. I, uh, I could go out and put a shuffler down. Literally zero. Yeah, I could go out and fall over the ball and dribble into people's shins and smash it off people and win exciting corners and all that. Mikey Johnson, right, it's becoming, as I said, difficult to watch now yeah. with Mikey Johnson. It is bordering on cruel not necessarily from any individual. I'm not saying no. The manager's been cruel in, mm. in picking Mikey Johnson because ultimately he's a he's a professional footballer and should be able to turn in some sort of performance, right? But I, I just mean how how football has gone for Mikey Johnson. Mm. It's it's beginning to feel like a bit of a circus. It's beginning to feel like a like a car crash that I, I don't but want to look at. But can I, I just, but let me just don't see on that. See the crap that Mikey Johnson turns in for us yeah. week in week out. You would get away with that by Hearts on Motherwell or Kelly. Or one of these other, they'd, they'd I don't, have it. I don't think they would, no. I think it's beyond that for Mikey Johnson. I've heard other people suggest that, oh, he could go down and make a career for himself in the English Championship. Not a chance. He's not good enough. He's not He's not a good player. I can believe that behind the scenes, everyone has has been enamoured with Mikey Johnson, shows lovely tricks and touches and all that in training, skins people, rattles one into the bottom corner. But on the football pitch, he's woefully ineffective. It, mm. I mean, he can't even... That, what was it? Zero percent, zero at three dribbles or something yeah, like that. Yeah, so, so, so zero. Yeah, he can't, he can't take anyone on. And I know he came on and looked okay against Lazio. He did a wee back heel against St Johnston. Everything looks fine, but he is, he's not good enough. And the idea that we've still got him, he should have been in MLS or something, Australia, three years ago. He's never ever going to make it to Celtic. Just stop it now. And I know to an extent it's because there's very few other options. Again, it should. Who signed off that contract? contract? Was extended two years ago or whatever it was. So we've tried everything now. We've tried everything with Mikey Johnson. All the things that people think are the are the magic formula to improve in a footballer. He's played under several very very good managers, top level managers, elite managers. He has had the loan that everyone thinks is going to mm. fix everything. Needs to go out on loan. He's had that and it hasn't worked. He is still exactly the same player as at 24 as he was when he was 17 exactly the same player which is another glaring example of why just because a player's got potential doesn't mean they're ever going to realise it doesn't mean they're going to get better if you just just stick with it just extend his contract again and again and again just keep him keep him in perpetuity because he's got so much potential he'll end up much better it hasn't happened it hasn't, in fact if anything he's got worse would you make the, the effort shown by these players and um, you can pick as many individuals as you want uh, it's appalling I've never ever booed Celtic in my life and the full time whistle went and I didn't even think about it it just happened it happened mm. because 
I couldn't believe what I was seeing. So many times the ball would, in that second half, it would come to Anthony Ralston, and I know I defend him a lot, but he came on and he actually tried to make things happen. He picked up the ball, he tried to drive, he had a good... Couple of long passes out to Palmer. Uh, out to switch it out. But there was points in the game where he's just like that. Uh, oh, Gesturing for people oh, in sorry, open. Sorry to jump in, but that this season... So, so many times, and this again, there's no way this is Brendan Rodgers' instruction. So many times have I seen players making the who wants it gesture. Yeah. It, is, it is the one thing that is so alarming about a team because that's no one's working for your teammates. See, if a, there's a guy like Anthony Ralston who's basically on the halfway line and no one is shown for a pass and we sit on the halfway line so we can see, we can scan his vision. There's nobody available. So he ends up just sta- standing with the ball at his feet, pointing who wants it, mm. who wants it. That is unforgivable for a team because that's, that's when serious rot starts creeping in. That's that's when you're not working for your teammates. That's a serious alarm bell. Yeah, I think looking at that and you're going, but that's not the first time. I've no. seen Matt O'Reilly and Callum McGregor look about at games. I've seen Palmer try to do things and O'Reilly and McGregor go mental at yeah. him. Like, that's not the instructions. And there's so much passing the buck, not taking responsibility. And this word bravery is usually used in football, but it's not about going into tackles. It's asking for the ball yeah. when yeah. the crowd's going to get on your back. It's making the runs. But so many times you'll see a player pass the ball and then that's it. Oh, I've given them, I've passed the ball. Nothing to do with me anymore. Make the run beyond. Make the run beyond. And that's why when Ralston came on, he looked better. Ralston's not the answer, but he actually tried to go beyond his winger. He tried to do things. He tried to go inside when he was going beyond. He was actually sprinting towards the ball. The lack of sprinting, the lack of closing down, like like we were watching there with Turnbull. Like, that was a pathetic excuse for a, a tackle. Uh, hearts get the it's ball. It's a five or sides. Everybody's got work in the morning Aye. tackling it. No slide tackles, lads. Heart, <laughs> hearts get the ball out wide, cross it into the box. Carter Vickers cuts it out, corner, and Hearts score from the corner. Simple things like that. Celtic aren't difficult to play against because they're not doing anything well. They're not defending well. They're not solid. They get bullied all the time. They are so soft. And when players don't want the ball or you're like we're watching the highlights there, Mikey Johnson didn't feature in a highlight. He no. didn't feature in a highlight. If you had a subbed him and Turnbull after Hart's second goal, it would have made absolutely no difference to no. the performance because nothing was shown after that. Greg Taylor really having a, a tough time of it now. But look, mate, see if the only way you can play is inverted. I'm sorry, that's not good enough because this is just a new thing that only one manager has tried at Celtic. That is not how it's going to be. There is a dividing line though, isn't there? I think there's a dividing line between players who are talented, uh, players who are limited in their talent, for example, Greg Taylor, and there are players there who I think are just not applying themselves. I don't think Mikey Johnson's applying himself in the way a Celtic player should. I don't think David Turnbull is no. applying himself the way a Celtic player. He gets the ball and does the easiest thing for him. He does the easiest thing for David Turnbull every single time, whether it's a shot, whether it's a wee clip over the top, well, I get rid of it. That's all David Turnbull's interested in. Takes far too many touches. That's why it, that's why it annoys me. Greg Taylor's a different example. We know Greg Taylor's a limited player and Ange managed to get the best out of him. But it's when there's players like even Palmer, like you you're at Celtic and that's the way you need to play. And you know, wind the clock back, recruitment. We've ended up with these players. A lot of them, no manager in years has ever felt was good enough for no. Celtic. Every manager has tried the two players we spoke about, Mikey Johnson and David Turnbull, just because they they were playing against hearts. Every manager that's played them kind of never really relied on them. They're all in the third manager, whether it be Lennon, Rogers, Ange. None of them want them. None yeah. of them want them. None of them think they should be playing. And it's again why Celtic, let's just 
look, let's just dish out a contract. But this is what happens because you're stuck with these guys. So at some point they have to play. Like James Forrest is still one of Celtic's main attacking players right now. Yeah. That, that is unacceptable. Mm. Again, I'm using that word, but why is this guy who isn't that old, by the way, no. isn't that old, why is he the main threat? Because we keep dishing out these contracts thinking, oh, we need to keep these guys around. No, we don't, because just go and get Armstrong from Kilmarnock, because he's no worse than when you talk about, look, would Mikey Johnson do well in the rest of the Scottish League? Uh, you need to put effort in, so yeah. I don't really think so, no. A hard David pass Turnbull, on Armstrong, by the way, a hard pass on I, 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 don't, I don't think he's there for Celtic, mm. but would he be doing any worse than these guys? No, he'd probably be doing no. better. Do he you, absolutely ripped us a new one yeah. just last week. Do, do you think Brendan Rodgers got a bit of a, an issue in his hands here? Because there's players who, in my opinion, there's players who for whatever reason, and we'll get to the manager, they're just not playing for Celtic. They're just not, they're not putting in shifts. And other managers would drop them. But Brendan Rodgers has sort of got his hand forced by these guys. And if you look at this, the player stats, he's got his hand forced to play them because his options have been limited. But if you look at the player stats, Scales, McGregor and O'Reilly are the, the three bit. Yes, Scales, McGregor and O'Reilly are the three best players according to Fort Mob stats. Those are the three guys that you can say try every single week for Celtic yeah, yeah. But yeah. those are the three guys whose effort you can never fault I've slaughtered skills on this podcast but I know why the manager picks them because I think Brendan Rodgers might have a problem here Stephen insofar as he's looking across his squad he's going I can't trust many of you he read the riot act a couple of weeks ago and it didn't last very long he threw a lot of them under the bus after hearts I'm really 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 intrigued to see what the next game's like because see if there's players that are no playing for you players no putting in effort what Brendan Rodgers did about saying he wasn't surprised at lost, that their effort's no good enough, that the bubble, all that sort of stuff. I really don't think that has a positive effect on many of the players. If a player's already checked out, if a player's already know that interested in playing if a player like David Turnbull's dragging his heels on whether or not he wants to sign a contract I would definitely wouldn't give him one can we, can we criticise him coming out and saying that when that's exactly what we're saying yeah, yeah. we, no, we all know Mikey Johnson and David Turnbull their time's up at Celtic the, for all Mikey Johnson should be away David Turnbull will be away but that doesn't excuse the fact that you don't put the effort in while Correct. you're here. If they're not good enough at Celtic, there's no shame in that. But to be turning in these performances pretty much on a weekly basis, it, it gets to the point you're like, that a lot of that's effort. That's effort and desire. And if you don't have that, what what can we do at Celtic? So do you think Brendan's got a problem with these players who are seemingly not putting in the effort? Well, yeah. I mean, this is. What do you think there's a? I suppose what I might ask, what I was getting at there, was do you think there's like a divide in the camp here between the players who are quite clearly playing for the manager and playing for him and a lot of players who either are unwilling or incapable now I don't know if we've got a press conference coming up we get invited to them quite sporadically but I would love to sit in front of Brendan Rodgers and go are your players unwilling or incapable to do what you're asking for them because it's one of the two yeah that's the only answer well this hasn't occurred to me before so I haven't really thought about this so mm. I don't, I, the truth is I don't know but if that is the case and even if it's not, even if it's not, I we don't have mean, like a split dressing room. I mean, he's looking at his yeah. camp, going, "I can rely on four guys well, here. Yeah, the yeah. rest I can't." No, that's my point. That that's why this is a major worry. This is why that I am seriously worried about this season, and I don't think this all the problems can be solved in January. So, even, like, at best, right, same three, four players in January. What are we going to do about the other twelve? Yeah, the, the, the we're talking about now that aren't putting an effort. Like, don't in. get me wrong, like you know, three good signings. You know, can reinvigorate a team, obviously. Bring in if, Hitati, Hitati, Yeah, Hitati, you know right. what I mean? Like that, that can reinvigorate a team. I just don't have any confidence in it happening. And 
you know, what three positions do you target? Because I could think about six that we yeah, like, Well, that's it. Anyway, on you go. But, but even at that, if we do bring those players in, it still leaves a lot of players who we have completely, as we're, as we're revealing through our conversation here, that we've completely lost trust in. And if we're speculating that these guys aren't putting a shift in, so what do we do with them? They're going to be here for the rest of the season. So where what is the criteria? What is the threshold for being bombed completely out of the squad? Because we think what we are seeing just now is a load of players who are making it onto the pitch who are pulling on a jersey pulling on their boots and making it onto the pitch for a Celtic team who we think aren't applying themselves properly meanwhile we've got guys who have been bombed completely out of the squad or go come in and out of the squad and then we've got guys like David Turnbull who are, who are coming in and playing mm. quite frequently and putting in shifts like that so it, it's an absolute mess like what is what is the criteria why is Bernardo not playing if, well, if, 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 it, if what we think is true and David Turnbull isn't a ball of his ass. He's basically in holiday mode because his contract's up at the end of the season. He's got his agent probably looking for another move. Don't play him. Play well, one of the guys that were brought to the club in the summer. When, so so this, is what brings, yeah, well. this is what brings on the manager. So I think they can, you know, the recruitment, abomination, an absolute yeah. shambles and you've got January to save your job or somebody needs to walk yeah. for, for the, the, the money. The, the millions of pounds that have been waiting. I mean, if you're, a, if you're a shareholder at Celtic, your name's not Desmond you would perhaps be looking at this going, how many millions of pounds did you waste over the last couple of years and why is this guy still in the job, right? S yeah. se secondly, the players, I think we can admit, why is your son still in the yeah, job? Well, yeah. <laughs> they're no good enough and they're certainly not applying themselves. There's players in there who ought to be ashamed of themselves, the application mm. that they're putting in. But the, the third the third is the manager. And, and there is an alternative universe here, Stephen, is there not, where, you know, you stole my opening gambit there, where we are going... Turnbull's crap. Okay, we'll play Bernardo then. Aye, yeah. Well, I can't play. And Brendan Rogers, mate. Ah, I can't play Bernardo. He's not very good. Play home then. Ah, home's not very good then. Right. Well, play. Give me another midfielder that can play in that position. that's not injured. Well, Iwata is injured, so yeah. Well, you, you, you know what yeah. I'm getting at. Mm. I, I don't. I don't really rate this. This the scales guy I've got. Why, well, why are you not playing Naroki? Why are you not play? Why do we need to get rid of Lagerbielka? Yeah. yeah, I don't rate Mikey Johnson. Play Yangeng. I don't rate him either. There is a, another reality where the recruitment actually hasn't they been that bad but just the manager just cannot get a tune out of these players well I think both can be true at the same time I don't I don't think if we come to the conclusion that Brendan Rodgers is the main problem here and I don't, I don't yet think it is then it still doesn't change anything I think about the recruitment I don't mm. think the recruitment's been good and I'm looking at Brendan Rodgers saying do something with this absolute carnival of Garbage we've got I yeah. say, do something <laughs> Yes because I think There's a, there's a I, I just want to put on the record I've noticed something That we've been doing In this podcast Well I've certainly been doing it And I listen to what you're saying I think you've agreed with me So we're all hate for it <laughs> we're, we're quite fond of saying Not good enough for Celtic Shouldn't be playing Absolute crap Not good enough Don't want to see him at Celtic again We need a new keeper We need a new left back We need a new striker We need a new left winger We need a new midfielder And simultaneously saying to the manager You need to get more out of these players Well yeah, I don't think those are Is mutually that a exclusive. No? no, I don't think it's a contradiction. I don't think those things are mutually exclusive because I'm deeply concerned about Brendan Rodgers' performance within these mm. games as well. I, th I just even if we take the Hearts game in isolation, and that has come at the end, hopefully the end. Spoke too soon there. We've still got games to go before we get to this magical promised land of January that's going to fix <laughs> all the problems, right? So. The Hearts is the most recent game. Even if you take that in isolation, the performance of the management that we observe in that mm. game, right? 2-0 down after, what, half an hour and it just falls apart. Absolutely falls apart. So the substitutions that are made, Bernabe comes on. Bernabe yeah. comes on at left wing for Palmer. Sud, right? Mm. I get that Palmer was crap, right? But he's still capable of getting... He's your second or third biggest goal threat 
in there in the conversation with Kyogo and Matt O'Reilly. Neither mm-hmm. of them are really getting on the end of anything either. But Palmer's one of the main goal threats in the team, as has been demonstrated. So stick Burnaby on. Then James Forrest comes on and Burnaby goes to left back. James Forrest is on the left. Dyson Maida is on the right. Neither of them can play that position mm-hmm. effectively. We just about tolerated Maida on the right because the other side was Jota. And you just think, well, Jota's got to play. So Maida will fit him in somehow. But the two of them on their opposite wings, Burnaby ends up at left back. What happened to Olaga Bielka? Voidly discussed. Who knows what's mm. going on there after he scored a goal and he's bombed out the squad after a leaked story that he's basically gone. Don't know. <laughs> don't know what's going on there. Where was Mitchell Frame? Mm. Because he came on and made a massive positive impact against Feyenoord. Again, people will say, oh, well, you can't be turned into a 17-year-old to rescue a game against Hearts when things are when you're 2-0 down. But the decision to exclude him from the squad was made before we had a disaster against Hearts. That that was made on the day, assuming we were going to win that game. So we've, we've done without Mitchell Frame in favour. He's been left out and Burnaby comes in. Or Quan. Why? Quan comes in. Why are these things happening? I know in Scotland, we're kind of terrified of playing players that are too young. But if Mitchell Frame has proven that he plays, he gives you a, a dimension that he plays without fear. He can come mm. in and contribute. He can be very, very positive. He proved that against Feyenoord. I'm not saying start had put him in from the start or bring him on to rescue the game like what happened to Tilio a few weeks ago but the fact that he wasn't in the squad and Burnaby was is ridiculous I find me. I find Brendan's team selections mystifying at times yeah. and, and I find players they just disappear and then reappear and yeah. you don't know if they're injured or if they're not injured they praises them one week and then they're not seen the next and I, I, you know, the in-game management stuff, I'd agree some of the substitutions are bizarre but I just find Brendan's a bit all over the place here yeah. and like I don't want to admit it because you know, we all think Brendan, or we all thought Brendan's a good manager, and I think there's more to, there's probably more to come from Brendan. I think he'd probably be, you know, he'd probably be a bit self-critical if we had him on this podcast. But some of the, I just, I, I, I just can't have a situation where the team's performing crap and the manager's blameless. No. That that situation no. doesn't exist in football. No. And the, you know, what's your job as a manager to set the team up? But one of them is to inspire performances out of them. Now, we can sit here and criticise the players for their performance. Brendan Rodgers not in control of that. But what he is in control of is a team looking absolutely clueless. Clueless. Even, not clueless after they go two goals down. Clueless for the beginning of games. Things just don't seem to work very well. No, I think and that's the problem. Like you can look at players like, should they be getting more out of these guys? A lot of them, no. But some of them, they should yeah. be. And I, I look, look at it and I, I don't understand week to week how he comes to right, this is the team, this is the bench. I think he's really, really struggling right now with anything. You've got, right, Carvickers, O'Reilly, McGregor, Kyogo will all play. Greg Taylor, Joe Hart, all right, Alistair Johnson. But around that, it could be anything. It yeah. could be anything. And it is getting mystifying. It feels like the sort of Neil Lennon times where you're like, why are you making that sub? Do you even know mm. what you're trying to think here? Are you trying to be clever? But at the same time, I'm looking at it and going, right, what else can he do if he's starting lineup? Because really, I don't see anything. If we had, say we had the same players we had last season and we, we didn't get any injuries this season, that would be all right. But we've simply not had that at all. Carter Vickers has been out. Johnson's been out. McGregor. We've got Kyogo in and out sometimes. Mm. And with Hatati and Maeda and Abada. You're taking things out that that's good with Liam Scales, Johnson and all that. I, I'm playing them, but I don't really know what to expect sometimes. But I also, 
expect better from him because he is a good manager. I do believe that. I don't think you go Liverpool, Celtic, Leicester and then come back to Celtic and you're just simply clueless. But I think he has lost now. He's lost right now. But I think when we get a couple of players back and things start to settle down now that we're out of Europe, now that we've just got the league to concentrate on, I think Celtic can go on a run. But what I will say to that is you need to get the players on board right now because that was a disaster at the weekend. But before you could even think about making tactical changes or try to change things, your team were 2-0 down and they hadn't been ripped apart. They let in a goal mm. from a corner and they let in a goal from a free kick, which was dubious. But I mean, if you're going to give up simple goals like that, then you've absolutely no chance. And it's not even just that. Right, Brendan Rodgers, your team are struggling to create now. Make us hard to beat. Yeah. We're not hard to beat. Right, we've not got the players out wide to take players on. Let's control things in the middle of the park. Use Kyogo, O'Reilly, McGregor through the middle. We're not doing that. Right, we're, we're losing goals from set pieces. Let's work on that all week. It doesn't work. It, mm. Nothing's working. There's nothing about this team. Well, that's the problem, Stephen, because everybody will look in the Celtic park on the Celtic pitch. There's problems. There's yeah, problems yeah. that I feel the manager should be doing better. And like we know Greg Taylor's a limited defender. But we're no, but Greg Taylor's not having the problems this season that he had under Ange. Now, was that because he had better players in front of him protecting him? He didn't have to do half as much defending because we defended more from the front end? Maybe. But can Brendan is that out with Brendan Rogers' managerial ability to engineer that situation? I don't think so. You look in the middle of the park, McGregor against Hearts all over the place putting out fires. Covid season, Neil Lennon stuff, exactly like a blueprint of what we saw there. Rogers even said that, so it's not yeah. as if we're just shooting off the top of the head and speculating here. He literally said Callum McGregor ended up having to play three positions out there. Yeah, so that's, but the midfield just never has never looked right. And then there's a the Rio Hattati thing. Yes, he's got to come back, but I think if we're honest, Brendan was never really getting a performance at a Rio before he went away. You're looking up front, and I mean. We were talking about before Kyogo's scoring record just now is one in twelve. One in one in the last twelve, which is what has happened. Yeah, because we, we had this thing at the beginning of the season where he's playing a lot deeper, and I was like, "Oh, that's quite interesting." Brendan's like, "Yeah, I really believe Kyogo could play there." And I think what Brendan's trying to do is have Kyogo playing in that position, but have two wide strikers. So he's basically playing with three three forwards. I know. I think he wanted a left foot that could come in on the right or a right foot that could come in on his left foot I think that's one of the players he was looking for one of his key targets in the summer so just take that for talking sake that's not working right now why have we not been able to find a system that creates good chances for Kyogo because I think the problem with Kyogo Stephen is we're not creating the chances for him that's n that's a system problem Yeah, to yeah. me that is a system problem to, a, to an extent also personnel because it could be argued against that that Rio Hattati is a major factor in that but again he's not had a great season no. he's, he's not been he's, he was good for a half a dozen game spell before he got injured again mm. it, was, it was okay uh, but he didn't okay but he didn't <laughs> start the season on great form and he wasn't necessarily essential when he when he got injured so that's that's becoming one of those things that what the guys who aren't playing are, are the answer Leal Abada he's yeah. been an impact sub for the better part of about 18 months now for, for Celtic he's been playing less and less and despite the fact that his goal scoring record is a superpower that's kind of dried up as well he's got five goals in the last 13 months Abada well, not injured chances. About, yeah. so he's not going to put in yeah. so the the manager how do we? How do you assess that, right? Because I think it's too simplistic to say winning games, good manager; losing games, bad manager. I think I think you need to kind of zoom out and just like work out why you're coming to one of 
one of the other conclusion. How do we identify if he's doing a good job? So what are the what are the key tenets of being a good manager? How do how would you assess the performance on the pitch? Key performance indicators, yeah, they call it yeah, in business keep, yeah. chat. <laughs> exactly. So is it have Celtic developed an identifiable style of play that has us all excited to come come along and watch Celtic? No. That no. hasn't happened this season, right? That's that's Brendan Rodgers' responsibility, regardless of personnel. Personnel comes into it, transfers definitely come into it, but at the same time he is the highest paid manager we've ever had in this country you have to be getting something out of your players well we saw it with Ange didn't we he had a yeah. style player would come out other player would come in style would remain yeah, the same and, and Ange was never bothered about losing any in, individual player mm. he just, just got on with it and someone else would come in because they were all there were so tweaks t- but it was yeah, broadly yeah, but they were all so tightly drilled they all just came in and knew their knew their, um, their role within that system so that's that's a no our Celtic defensively organised well as you've just said it, are we hard to beat so that's another yeah. no right do the players look motivated we've already discussed it half of them don't mm. half of them don't look like they're even applying themselves you, you've even said that are all most or all of the players playing at their capacity as a player playing at their ceiling more weeks than not so are they are they playing at their absolute peak not all the time because that's impossible you all have the off game is anyone doing that just now kind of Brendan Rodgers remit as well so what is it about Brendan Rodgers that we would even defend as him doing a good managerial job this season is there anything or is it all based on the fact that he was this force of nature six or seven years ago I, that can't dismiss that That it's the same no. guy and he has come back to the, to the club two near top four finishes in the Premier League and then yeah. one disastrous season so while I agree with that all and look you have to be you have to be doing better than that. I look about the Celtic team and go, right, who are Celtic's important players? So Carter Vickers, he's been in and out this season, but have I got any have I got anything to question him over? No. Probably not. Matt O'Reilly, no, he's probably been Celtic's best player. Callum McGregor, maybe not as good as last season, but I still can't fault him for effort and I think he's still one of our best players. Kyogo, right, what does Kyogo rely on? That's supply. Yeah. And he's not getting that. So Celtic's big players aren't the problem for me, apart from Kyogo, but he's never been a guy that gets a hundred touches in a game. He can get less than ten and score two goals. So all around that I'm looking and it's it's creativity. The big moments for this season for Celtic would be Matt O'Reilly heading it through for Kyogo. One nil against Rangers. Matt O'Reilly playing it to Kyogo in both Champions League games. They're the big moments for Celtic. So nullify Matt O'Reilly and you can nullify Celtic. What Celtic are trying to do here is create. We don't have creative players. We don't have a single player who can sorry. take on. Sorry, I was just thinking about Tom Roggett, sir. <laughs> sorry, guys. Sorry, <laughs> I got distracted there. Sorry, sir. I was thinking about yeah. Jota when I was talking. <laughs> but we don't have a single player that can take a man on. Like Those four guys I named are really good players, but they're not guys that will get me off my seat. There's not a single player at Celtic that can get me off my seat. We don't have, out of all the seven wingers we've got, none of them can take a man on. Not a single one of them. So how have we got to this position? And while it is on the manager as well, personnel and just that desire. Like If a ball goes out to you as a wide player, you try and take the man on. They don't do that. They pass Mm. the buck, they try to go inside. So when Celtic are trying to do things, it just, it's like, 
boomerang ball. It goes round and it goes round and then it comes back. That's all it is because there's certain players who aren't willing to take players on and that is why Matt O'Reilly has looked like our best player because he's willing to do things. Mm. He's getting in areas. How many times did Celtic get out wide at the weekend, put a ball into the box and hearts are completely outnumbering us. David Turnbull standing on the edge of the box waiting for some sort of ball to fall back to him. Mikey Johnson, absolutely nowhere to be seen. These so guys, many wild shots against Hearts as well. These guys are forward-thinking players at Celtic and they're not even getting close to scoring. So the problem, well, Brendan Rodgers should be doing better, we should have a style of play. When it all breaks down is we don't have good enough players in the areas to hurt players and the ones we do are doing it. But can I rely on Matt O'Reilly all the time? I think I would be more inclined to agree with your point, Stephen, Um that probably needs refreshing because um, he says, "What what would what would make you think Brendan Rodgers is a good manager? Had you seen him now?" Was your question? I would I would sort of say nothing, right? Nothing has really made me think right. Brendan Rodgers has got it other than his previous history, but you can't really erase that. No, no, you can't really erase that. You can't say like pretend it never happened. Um, but at the same time, so, sorry to interrupt him, um, but at the same time. It, there will come a day where that happens where he is no longer all that much of a force it comes to every manager it, it does but did Celtic well, ring his phone just as he was packing up to go to Saudi Arabia well the, the, well, hold on I, I, well, I agree with what you're saying but what I'm saying is the fall off is it's not a binary he's good in his shite no. do you know what I mean so he's good in his shite that's not really where it goes and how good a manager do you really need to be you know to produce better than what we've got now I don't think Brendan Rodgers has went from Leicester City manager quadruple treble all that sort of stuff to a guy who can't even get a tune out of a Celtic team yeah. regardless of what I don't think the Do fall off is that dramatic please just one one yes, minute, minute second um, <laughs> so I don't think that fall off is that dramatic but what I will say is given everything we've discussed this evening on this podcast given the recruitment was an absolute abomination given that the players that we've got left are just crap or not playing or not playing the best of their ability, putting in performances they ought to be ashamed of. It's very hard for me to ignore that and pin it on the manager. Had Brendan, had Brendan Rodgers went out and, you know, we, we can't even claim that he got, you know, we I could sit here and say, had he got the players he wanted in the summer, we could, someone in here, you or Melly, could put the, the point across. Well, how do you know he didn't? But we know he didn't because we ourselves as fans can see the key areas and we see that they haven't been filled. We just, we can just see it. We know that he's still talking about it. So I think you can tick the box that he didn't get the key areas in his squad filled. And we've been talking about that since the summer. But had he had that, I, I would then say, now this isn't working because we went out and spent 15 million on this player, 8 million that player, 7 million for that player. We brought in some guy for, I don't know, Manchester City on loan. We brought in top quality players and this guy kind of get a tune out of them. But every player that's came in that we signed in the summer, even me watching them, I went, this guy's no got it. Yeah. Home. Uh, even I mean Brendan Rodgers didn't even sound the most glowing about when he started them a couple of weeks ago has he not yeah. signed before Rodgers came in as manager it might be potentially yeah. but every time he's Mis played remember. a game I'm like oh, he's no got it Lagabelko's no got it Navrotsky looked okay Palmer looks okay Yang we've all had a laugh about Yang Kwon we've all had a laugh about Kwon so it's not like he was provided with players when I went nah he needs to be doing better with this lot but I do agree that we need to see more for the manager no mention Phillips <laughs> Phillips <laughs> do you know what I mean like one thing that I do firmly put the manager's feet though just to wrap up because I've tried my best to wrangle this into three sections but it's not really worked but uh, well, it's, it's because they're all interconnected they're not separate issues it's they're all but, they're all funneling towards Brendan Rodgers just now yeah. because it's you know it's, as much of a cliche as it is 
the manager kind of carries the can yeah, for all these things. That's, that's the game. The buck stops with the manager, yeah. right? But we're all standing there with a big shield in front of Brendan Rodgers for now because mm. it's all going to boil down to January. So Celtic better hope that we break all the rules, buck all the trends and fix a whole club so, so, in January. So the one thing I will put, to, another thing I'll put to Brendan Rodgers just before we wrap up is I don't understand why it takes a public humiliation before players stop playing. I think I said this last week. We saw it with Yang, we saw it with Phillips. He sees them in training every week. He plays them. They have an absolute disaster. Oh, shit, can I play him again? <laughs> Phillips has an absolute disaster. Oh, shit, can I play him again? It'll probably be the same for Mikey Johnson. Shit, can I play him again? So I don't know what it is in training that's happening with these guys that they can't get on the pitch. But what I'll say is, just to finish up on the Brendan Rodgers thing, and I've said in the podcast, check the record, bud, to quote Stephen, <laughs> there has been a whiff of the dialogue about this. The, yeah. the whiff of the dialogue about us, it'll, it'll click into gear then, it'll click into gear then. I've never seen it. I've eight years doing this podcast. Admittedly, we've only had Ronnie Dyla, but other watching football, and you two watch a lot more football than me, but I can't point to one manager who had a drab start who then just kicked on and all turned around. It usually starts exactly how it's going to go on. And I kind of disagree with that. I think in Brendan Rogers' third season, it wasn't great. We lost just before the January break to Rangers at Celtic Park, wasn't it? And we thought, this is a disaster. Couple of players in in the January and Celtic mm. went on a run. When, when he left in March, we were eight points clear. We were in a cup semi and we'd already won the so, cup. So that's what, it's January, isn't it? All eyes on a, on, on a yeah. big January. Yeah, and I think with, with Brendan Rodgers, it may seem like I'm defending him a lot here, but see if you take Brendan Rodgers out and bring in another manager do the performances dramatically improve here I'm not sure if okay, I was thinking about this crap analogy of the day but <laughs> you're a that's a special thing yeah, yeah, yeah. this is a good one I'll get it wrong but so <laughs> your next door neighbour gets a nice decking put out you think mm. that's brilliant that's brilliant I'll get that builder in here builder comes round you go I want that right brilliant treble winning team nice decking right, <laughs> right. I want that again alright I'm, I'm the man for the job right uh, I'll just need to go and buy the materials no 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 no. I've got some alright materials here mm. and then some old materials we can reuse you just sort that because you're a good you're a good joiner you're a good builder fix it it's not really going to get fixed is it it's not going to be the same keep going that's me that's me <laughs> alright so, so you've did, got that how did the de- I want to know how the deck can turn out <laughs> we're watching it it's shite it's shite <laughs> but what, one last defence of Brendan Rogers, even though that analogy wasn't great but you've got <laughs> What was good and then it's not good anymore and you're expecting this manager to come in and work with substandard players who weren't playing last year mm. and then bring them in crap. So it's not going to work. But the one thing I will say for Brendan Rodgers as well, Nat Phillips has had a disaster and hasn't been seen, but that's only because he has players he can play now. Mikey Johnson, Maeda's back. Hopefully now that's it and Maeda mm. plays. Hopefully Abada comes back. But Celtic... No parent in Brendan Rodgers, no parent in the players, no parent in recruitment. You need to sort this. You need to sort this because we aren't even sleepwalking our way into this anymore. We will lose this. We will lose this league if we do not sort this right now. So, uh, this podcast feel has been a bit too long, but we did <laughs> we did promise the listeners... Just last season. <laughs> uh, we did promise the listeners that's a, a hierarchy of blame. Now, we're no, we don't necessarily have to stick by it for the rest of the season, no. but... The current position we're in right now, Stephen, recruitment, players or manager, who is at the bottom? Who carries the least blame for you right now? Rogers for now. Rogers for, for now. now. But again, th- th- everything boils down to January, not be- just mm. because of the, the recruitment and all that, but because if Brendan Rogers 
with all we've discussed tonight, if we get three or four players of genuine quality in, all we've been talking about, right? If we get 10 players out the door, if we get the squad down to 25 with mm. three or four bits of genuine quality, get Hatati back. That happens. I'll give you the money myself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, but if, if, if even half of that happens and we are still playing this turgid, predictable, boring style of football mm. after that point, then it is Brendan you, Rodgers. Uh, you sound like the dad at Christmas. <laughs> you've been shouting all year for that bike <laughs> and you've no, you've no single that wants Melly. You've got, you could call me Ashley sitting there being nothing. <laughs> no, no. That's going to be a good kid. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Melly, yeah, who carries the least brain? Manager? Manager, but if this continues like Stephen, okay. yeah, it's going so to be manager, right. So who's, who's in the middle of our Christmas tree of blame here? Stephen. Uh, Players or recruitment? Well, how to even mm. assess that? Because the the players is the players is quite a, a broad spectrum, isn't it? Because yeah. as we've discussed tonight, we've got players who are to trying use to Melly's it. analogy. The players are the current materials right. available. Recruitment are the new Slugs. materials brought online. Yeah. <laughs> Slugs under Slugs. this. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, let me just sort of say, I think ultimately who's carrying the can for this right now might surprise a few people, but it's the players. Yeah, some right. of the performances these guys are putting in Celtic shirts has been absolutely shameful absolutely yeah. shameful I don't care how limited a player you are there's no excuse for no working your ass off when you're playing for Celtic no. and there's players out there just simply no doing it So, and some of these players we've discussed tonight they're nothing to do with recruitment they've been here for years yes. and they've paid they've been paid since they were teenagers at Celtic and they've not they've not turned up the recruitment team have made an absolute balls of the summer that much is evident they better not make a balls of the January window but the, the players carry a lot of blame here for me. Yeah, they, yeah. they are top of the tree. Uh, I think I would have recruitment first because that's the reason these players are playing. Mm, and yeah, it's not a, a shock that Mikey Johnson's not yeah, good enough. Yeah, it's not yeah, a shock Charmed that me. David Turnbull is not good enough. This, this was true. <laughs> Liam Scales, for all he's done, he was good. Last week we slaughtered him. Good in the, during the week, mm. but then at the weekend, I'm like, ah, you're not even strong enough to beat a Hearts player in the air at a corner. So all these players, like, it, f- it filters down if you can't keep replacing these players and we've seen it over the years you chip away at the quality and you're left with that and we've seen it before I know you hate it but Charlie McGrew was not the best centre midfielder at Celtic but we sold Wanyama we sold Kyle and all of a sudden he's playing mm. David Turnbull is not the best midfielder he was sixth choice maybe last season and now he's playing. James Forrest, fourth or fifth choice, he's playing. So the recruitment's been so bad that these players are now playing. Stephen Welsh is ahead of our two major signings yeah. from. Is from he better summer. than two guys that are four million pounds? They shouldn't be. Yeah. He shouldn't be. This is how we should be pushing on. And we simply haven't done it. So recruitment and then it filters down to player, then manager. It's just it's no good enough. Okay, it's the recruitment team. Uh, <laughs> on that, we will see you next week. Thank you so much. But for also, everyone. Also. <laughs> Thank you so much for watching and listening. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, 
all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.